what up everyone welcome back to the polyphonic podcast episode four uh, we got another special guest tonight who goes by the name of audio anthem um, he's been having an incredible year so far landing on records like nas ultra black big sean and nipsey hustle deep reverence travis scott lithuania and most recently ty dollar sign track six featuring yay and anderson pack uh, he's also got an incredibly successful sample library, uh, the Crate League, that I've personally just been watching him build from the ground up. Uh, very humble dude, all about the craft type of individual. Uh, yeah, let's get him on the line and see what else he's been up to. There you go. There he goes. I think he's... There you go. You connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, okay. Boom. Got you in here. What's up, bro? Chilling, man. pretty chilling. Yeah. Likes and Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm. I can dig it. Um, well, yeah, man. Uh, we're glad to have you on the podcast. Wanted to uh, chop it up just, you know, about all the stuff going on recently. Um, Appreciate it, man. Just yeah, kind of yeah, like let, let people know, you know, like what, what the process was like getting here. And, you know, I think a lot of people like to hear the transition from like the whole beats to the samples thing, you know, because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of us that that was doing the beat thing for a minute. Right. And then, then this whole sample stuff switched everything up, man. So for sure. Um, yeah. I want to introduce you to my co-host too, Mash. Peace King. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Thanks um, for having me on here, guys. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, man, let's just start out, kind of take it like from the beginning. Like what, what was it that started you off into making beats? <laughs> making beats. Um, I would say uh, playing drums at church. Like one of my mentors, he's a sound designer as well. Dude named uh, Snipe Young. He does a lot of stuff like Native Instruments, Akai, um, a lot of people. Output, he made the, uh, some of the stuff for Output too. But yeah, just growing up in church and just watching him uh, do gospel rap, believe it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of parlayed to uh, me just learning, you know, watching him and seeing him get into music production and making beats for the other gospel rappers and stuff. So that's kind of what I got into it at. Cause I was already playing like drums and um, keys a little bit, but just kind of just following him and, you know, looking up to him and like, man, I want to do that too. That looks cool. You know? Yeah. 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 What, um, when would you say you kind of started taking it seriously and was like, yo, this is something I could, you know, turn into a, a career, you know, outside of just a hobby. <laughs> Man, I didn't really take it seriously until a lot of people started telling me I was dope. Like I would say, like right after high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I got my first computer maybe like, like in tenth grade, <laughs> like everybody else. Like you know, and I started using Reason and, and just making beats and stuff. But I would say like like freshman year of high school when I started kind of just selling beats to the dope boys and just other people that just had random money to buy beats or whatever. And people are like, man, you super dope. And, you know, you remind me of Just Blaze and all this, that stuff. So, um, yeah, I was about, I was about to ask, what's, <laughs> what's the, uh, speaking of Just Blaze, what's the early influences of like, man, of I would say, uh, producer wise, I would say like people like Pete Rock, you know, um, Dilla, Just Blaze, the Neptunes, you know what I'm saying? Cause I grew up really listening to like, I'm from the South, I'm from Alabama, but I listened to like a lot of up North and West Coast music growing up. 
Mm-hmm. So I was listening to like the far side, you know what I'm saying? Nas, Wu-Tang. So I was a huge Wu-Tang fan. That's probably why I'm into the samples like I am now, really, is because of the Wu-Tang shit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would say definitely RZA, Mathematics, you know, Pete Rock, Dilla, Mad Lib. You know what I'm saying? Even some of the Southern producers like 3-6 Mafia because they sampled a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the old soul records and stuff. Right. Yeah. What um what was I gonna say? So like what what was the the transitional point where you were like, Okay, I'm making beats, maybe it's not hitting the way I, I was expecting it to or whatever. And yeah. like what what brought the shift into into making samples? And you know, believe it or not, bro, like when I was producing and stuff, one of my strong suits was I was I had the ability to make anything. Like if I heard it or if I got like just the vibe of it, I could make it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody was like, yeah, mm-hmm. we need a, a Bali top 10 pop track. I can like, okay, let me let me check it out. Listen to a couple of songs and can remake something just like it in the same vibe. Or whatever. That's dope. So I think you was the first person that told me I should make samples though. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I remember posting some on IG because I wasn't trying to, like, you know what I'm saying, be a sample maker or make samples like that. I just posted something, and you randomly found me. was like, yo, you need to make samples. <laughs> I always tell people that on podcasts I do it stuff. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about making samples until, you know, uh, or sound design like that until Mario was like, yeah, you need to make samples. That sounds crazy. Make a, whip up a 10-piece. You remember that? Hell yeah. And I I remember there was like a bunch of people, like I think like I would say like our class or like our new gen of of guys making samples, like MTK was the same way too. He he was like, because he's from around here too. So like I I knew him from from before, but you know, he would ask me too, like, man, I got got some samples I've been making, you know, what do you think of these? And he would send them. I'm like, dog, this is crazy. You need to put these out. And it, it, it took like... I'd say a couple months of me just like always giving him positive feedback. And I think he got his confidence up or whatever it was, but you know, he started right. putting the stuff out too. So it's, it's cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And then like I said, my mentor, he'd been doing it for years. Like he was doing sound design for like Dr. Dre, Lil John, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I didn't even, I asked him about it. What he does is a little bit more, intense because they do a lot like they literally make sounds from scratch you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of yeah, the time yeah. for those packs and stuff but yeah i was like bro why didn't you tell me about this so i was asking i'm like yo how much so how much like this stuff pays or whatever and he was telling me and i was like bro ain't no way why am i even making beats <laughs> you know what i'm saying so that that's another thing that kind of like got me into it. i'm like i ain't got to make all these beats and sell out a million beats you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. stuff like that and i ain't really got to deal with the industry people deal with nobody like that i'm right. all for it and and i feel like too it, it's it's easier to like make plays with just getting some samples off rather right. than like trying to send people full beats like nobody's listening like that unless you really know them or like right you know you're off of just a, uh, yeah you're in the camp or somebody of somebody like and no producer's going to be like, oh, yeah, send me beats. I'll, I'll get them placed for whatever right. big artist for you, you know, unless you're signed to them. But, right. Yeah, uh, it's dead. They was like, send me records. Mm, right, <laughs> anything. right, right. But, yeah, that's, uh, that was one thing that kind of, like, brought my attention to just the whole sound design. Because I didn't know it was a thing, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. It's, it's crazy. Really- I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it was a thing either, bro. Like, honestly, for me, like, 
I had just gotten frustrated with nothing happening with uh, right. trying to get, you know, the, the whole beat thing going. And um, I just started making samples like out of boredom for fun and then just sending them out almost like yeah. it was like the last thing I was going to do. And I'm like, man, if this shit don't work, I'm going to have to just get a job or figure it out or something else. But, you know. Yeah, man, it's, it's really crazy because it, it's kind of it's still really in the infant stage. If you really think about it, like for real, for real, it's still even though it's some guys that are not here just doing it for a while, like, you know, MSX Audio, EOMI, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of dudes, uh, uh, um, G Coop, you know. They've oh, been man, they've been doing it for a minute. Yeah, like right. him Khalil. and then, yep. I think Khalil was like the OG of making samples, to me right. at least. Like when I had first heard the uh, kind of like a big deal. Right, so I crazy. Was, so crazy bro i was like trying to find everywhere like where did he get that sample from and then i I can't remember how long after he he did the interview and was like yo that's actually you know guitar player from uh, i believe it was the new royales if i'm not mistaken yeah chin and jetty exactly and uh and i I couldn't believe it i like it just blew my mind like damn well fuck me up was the 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 actual like holland part the the little screen part was this damn guitar i was like guitar right 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 (laughs) Like get out of here, man! But nah, that's that's really. But like, I would say you and, and and my my mentor tonight really opened my eyes to it. You know what I'm saying? Just the whole just sound design. You know, I started looking at other companies like uh, Somatics and stuff like that. How they killing it with the, the type of stuff they make? And it's really you know what we do is really niche to what we do. But it's yeah. still other parts of the sound design sample community that these dudes out here killing it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. They the Tesla boys. All of them got Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Where do you guys see the future of this going? Uh, me personally, I think it's going to be. Uh, I was talking to my manager about this um, the other day. It's going to be like comes to like splice and stuff like that. Like are like kind of getting bigger, so I don't. I'm I'm curious to see what the value of what we do will be. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if the value of it is going down, as far as like, you know, producers being able to just like go somewhere like that, versus just coming on your site to like get stuff and you know trying to you know split potion and royalties and all the stuff like that. But yeah, it's still in the baby stage. It's the wild wild west right now. Like even yeah. record labels and stuff don't really even know the, the the fuck to do with you know the loops and the samples and stuff like that when it comes to clearing it and giving the proper credit and stuff like that. Like they don't even they have no idea. Like it's unheard of. They can't really wrap their head around what we do. Mm. I think yeah, like other producers can, right? Like guys that have been in the game, but like the higher ups, they're like, well, yeah. shit, yeah. Absolutely. They they don't they don't really know how to even you know, even publishing companies, bro. Like they don't even really even know how to you know what I'm saying? Like they wouldn't even know how to give you a publishing deal based off what you do to offer the value you offer. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you can get one as a uh, as a producer, you can get one as a music library, you know what I'm saying? It's it's you know, 'cause they they can mm-hmm. technically give you a publishing deal to your company. Probably, licensing you know, deal too right like just for strictly like yeah yeah so it's still the wild wild west business wise right now it's like you know what I'm saying it's a lot you, of opportunity you, do you think in in a way it is getting saturated like you remember how like 
when SoundCloud first kind of popped, and then you yeah. could find like a lot of dope shit on there. But then yeah. eventually, just like everybody uploaded their stuff on there, and like obviously a lot of rappers made it off of that too and became like widely successful. But like, right. there's also just so much just whatever on there, and like, um, kind of with the sample stuff too. I mean, like, there's guys that are super killing it and doing their thing and are like established and then there's a lot of people that are kind of just doing it to do it because they see yeah because they see the opportunity to you know what i'm saying get on and stuff like that yeah um i feel like this i feel like it's harder than what people think it is to get your shit off you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah they they think he just shoots you a dm like yo i'm seeing some loops and sometimes that works sometimes you get dudes that spy you're like yo you know what i'm saying right right but that's like two out of ten, maybe. You know what I'm saying? And and like you got to probably remember too, or like imagine how many of these producers are getting DMs now versus right. say like maybe four years ago when I or you were sending DMs to guys, right? Right. And yeah. I get so many DMs now, bro. It's crazy. Bro, <laughs> I get so many DMs, and I'm not even popping like that. Like I can't even imagine somebody's uh, following that's like 50k. Man, like how many people try to hit them up? it's wild i don't know I, I i think a part of this is really just goes goes to based off of what you're good at and what i'm good at in other successful companies which is the marketing and branding of it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. I was just and the consistency of it yeah you know that's, that's yeah. the thing like the consistency thing that's what be killing people for real for real that's what I tell literally everybody that takes my class. They're like, well, how, how do you get people's attention? And like, how do you get, you know, your library to take off? And I tell them straight up, it is the two most important things are quality and consistency. Because right. if, if you put out X amount of packs over X amount of periods of time, there's no way that it's going to continue to get overlooked. Like somebody somehow, some way is going to find it. Right. But and and like aesthetics too, like paying attention to like what your brand recognition is and right. you know stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm real big on that, as you know, like when it comes to mm-hmm. the branding and you know the aesthetics and stuff like that. And really, like it's it's a consistency thing, man. Because most of my placements came from like Pat from two years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Of, yes, huh? I feel that. I was gonna say I feel that a hundred percent. Yeah, which is crazy, but it's like, you know, that's the, the thing really just a lot of guys don't really, you know, understand that just the consistency of even to, to keep doing it when nobody even caring or paying attention, you know what I'm saying? Or you ain't really yep. selling like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like people people still don't believe me. I tell them that like the rust and the um the slide and the reason recent record, all those are from 2018 samples. Yeah. Yeah, like you got to just keep that consistency, and like eventually, it just becomes a snowball effect, right? Where people recognize you for your talent and your, you know, what I'm saying what you can do and what you offer, and from from the, the, those records, and they started reaching out more, like, "Yo, send me some stuff." People that can really do something, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And get um, for for guys that are just listening and don't like know a crazy amount about your library, um, tell them like, do you have people that are signed? to to the crate league do you work with other sound designers like what what's been your process of building your library um i do work with uh other sound designers and musicians uh one of the main sound designers i work with is a guy from france named um it's amazing he changed his name from Zoop to it's amazing <laughs> so 
he's sort of like the most consistent person I probably worked with. Um, it was a couple more guys I worked with from my hometown on some early packs. Um, and then I got like two guitar players I worked with sometimes and like one horn player mm-hmm. I really do stuff with. And um, I've done packs with a couple guys here and there uh, when I first started out, but not recently. I think this is this is other new cat I um I linked up with maybe like last month. I'm I'm probably gonna do a pack with. He's pretty dope. Um, but for the most part, I don't really like the hey man, let me see you some loops. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, the DM yeah. thing versus building actual rapport. You know what I'm saying? Just chopping it up, having conversation. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people understand the value of like reaching out to people and like the the, the proper way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, versus say I got loops, man. I'm seeing some loops. What's your email? Like that's the yeah. first thing people start out with. Start saying like, I like your stuff. Woody whoop whoop whoop, or you know, give me some pointers or this, that, and the third, or just you know, natural conversation about stuff. You know, you you I think you build a better rapport and people will fuck with you more if you act like an actual person and not like you're trying to sell them something. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm do something for them, you know? Yeah. What, um, this is something that you and I have talked about before too, but I kind of just want to bring it up is, um, what, what do you think about exclusive stuff versus, um, releasing stuff on your site? (laughs) (laughs) Cause a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people ask me that too. Um, like just in my class one-on-one and I tell them probably close to what you're going to say now. Um, but I just want them to hear it also from like somebody else's point of view and somebody else who is also getting placements. Um, I look at it like this. Um, okay. So the average, I won't even say the average, I don't know what guys get paid for records or whatever, but say for instance, you get, you make 10 K off a pack or some shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if you send some shit exclusively to a producer or whatever in a song place, you true you have potentially to make more money but realistically if you get for the advance or whatever you're not gonna get paid 10k you know what i'm saying right so it's like almost a waste of time for me it's almost a waste of time for me to sit up here and just make a bunch of exclusive samples that i don't know that they're, if they're gonna place or not you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it's looking like the average time it takes something to place is maybe a year maybe two years maybe you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying for a person, yep. an artist to work on a song and then maybe come out two years later. You know what I'm saying? Because right. all these songs is coming out now. I'm pretty sure they made those songs almost two years ago. For sure. You know yeah. So or I look cl- at close it like to that. that. Yeah. You know, it's we had this conversation literally what, two weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's cool. It depends on who it is too. You know what I'm saying? That's what you know, that's so, what I was that's what I was gonna bring up is like I I think for me it's more so on like who the artist right. is or or right. who it's for you know exactly um, if it's life changing or if if it's one of those type of thing where the producer is asking for the exclusive stuff definitely is working on stuff that could be life changing absolutely send them exclusive stuff one hundred percent yeah you know what I'm saying but. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like the same thing with selling beats. It's like the reason you got away from like making beats and stuff is because you're not going to send dudes a million beats for them to maybe pick one beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, it's kind of whack. It's a waste of time when you can, those 50 samples, you can make 50K. You know what I'm saying? Right. Off rip. 
Like, no question that. You you will make that. You feel me? So that's I look at that like that, too. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's dope, they still going to buy it or ask you for it regardless. That's the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? What's the difference between sending you exclusive stuff versus me just sending you stuff I put out to everybody else? You have mm-hmm. the ability to get it placed, not everybody else. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. But guys don't be thinking about they. It's I think it's more of an ego thing, if anything. From yeah. Most of these uh, producers, it's like, yeah, I don't want nobody else to have this. You know what I'm saying? But it's whatever. It's part of the game. I don't be right. care. I had to let the guys. They need to know. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> I, and to to be honest, bro, like I, I think like some of that rubbed off on me um, when when we were having the conversation because like I was one of those guys that was like oh, I don't want to fuck up a relationship and like what if they don't use it because of that? But like recently, yes, I have like the core guys that like I really work with closely and I try to keep it exclusive to them. But for the most part, like dog, it, it's out. Use it. You know, it, you have the ability to do what you can do with it. You know, and right. it's like I'm not I'm not going to create a hundred samples and send them all out. And maybe one of them or two, or even let's just say five of them, which is like a lot gets placed over the course of like two years. The right. other 90 is just sitting around, you know what I'm on saying? The drive. Like, yeah, on the drive, so. You could have made cheese from that. That allow you the ability to get others, you know, improve your studio, get more right. musicians. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So Build it's like the brand. Yeah. Like, yeah, bro, and and, and like you like you said like they, they'll end up using it if they like it anyways like right i i had had that happen too where like i had sent samples to some of these producers and then i didn't hear nothing back for x amount of months i'm like all right well i'm gonna just put it in a pack drop it in a pack with the demo and the drums and they're like yo send me that one from the the third one off the demo i'm <laughs> like, like dog you had that you. you had it eight months ago what do you mean right but, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those. It's just I think it's just an ego thing. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. I don't like I said. I don't give a fuck. It's like, bro. Like, we all making money. We all doing what we love to do. And we ain't got to mm-hmm. go clock in nowhere. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't. I don't care, bro. Like, I'm not gonna be sitting up here like making a million samples, like for you. Like, it's not happening. When I know yeah. I can take those same samples and make twenty bands, thirty bands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, not happening, Jack. Right, yeah. You, know. you got a manager anthem? Yeah, I do. Um um do like J Dot Jones. Uh he manages me, this artist on Def Jane and Bobby Sessions. Uh this other artist named Nana. Um a couple more other people he managed, but yeah, I've been rocking with him for years though. Um literally years, like ten years. He's probably been like either my manager or like one of my business advisors, you know what I'm saying? How did that uh, relationship uh, come to fruition? Uh, it's, it, <laughs> well, rude enough, it started with when I was in college. Uh, one of my homeboys was in my dorm room. He was a DJ, and he introduced me to um, this other dude he knew from his hometown that was doing music and shit like that. And he was working for Jagged. You remember the group Jagged Edge? Mm-hmm. He was working for them, like at their label or whatever. So I had signed like a production deal with like Jagged Edge or whatever. She was weak or whatever. But because <laughs> <laughs> he introduced me, like, yo, he's dope. So I let, let him use it and I was signed to like a production deal. It's like a year production deal. It was some BS or whatever. But uh, he knew um, my manager now just from like being in uh, Huntsville, Alabama or whatever. 
Um, so he introduced me to him and whatever. He was co-managing me for a while. You know what I'm saying? This was like when I was in college, like 2007, 2008 or something, like a long time ago. So uh, basically he introduced me to him or whatever. And they had an artist which uh, was signed to them through night, um, Truth Turner. He's like one of my best friends now. But he was signed to Jagged Edge back in the day where he was singing and stuff. Like it was a Chris Brown type shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was long story short, they kind of just knew each other and he introduced me to him and stuff. And he was managing Yellow Wolf. He was managing Yellow Wolf for a long time. So he's been a Yellow Wolf manager. He managed a few people. He managed Saha before, Yellow Wolf, Ritz, um, a few other producers. Um, Snow the Product, he managed her for a little bit. Whatever, but yeah, Jada Out Jones, Higher Standards. Um, so yeah, he got an mm-hmm. artist that's on Def Jam now, Bobby Sessions. What advice would you give to up and comers? Should they start looking for a manager or just focus on their work? Um, they don't. People don't really know managers are only manage shit that that you bring to them. Really, they don't go out and go. You know, what I'm saying get you opportunities unless it's the opportunity where my situation, like what artists that he managed on major labels, that's a easy, that's like a layup for me. Really. I could probably get first, you know, look at producing tracks and send them stuff for placements and stuff. So they're easy placements, but I would say don't look for a manager until you actually need one. I get a lawyer before I got a manager, if anything, you know what I'm saying? For sure. How do you think these uh, how, how do you think these uh, upcomers should get their stuff out or get it to people and get placements and stuff like that or should they even be worrying about that? I think they should should think about what their end game their not end game but really their goal is. You know what I'm saying? Some people mm-hmm. find out they just want to make do music for a living, really, mm-hmm. and not really be like a super producer, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? So I would say that's the first thing they need to kind of just, which most young producers are, are, they look at all these other dudes as popping and stuff. and like, I want to be like that. But mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, I guess at a young age, to sit back and be like, okay, what do I really want to do in music? Like, do I want to be this dude that's everywhere or do I want to be a person that's making m- money from, you know what I'm saying, music and doing it for a living and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because those are mm-hmm. two different things, really. You know what I'm saying? So I think up and coming, they should look at really exactly what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? What their goals are. Because sometimes being what you see may not align with your goals. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this stuff, you got to do a lot of politicking and chucking and driving and, you know, play the game and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And some people don't like doing it. I personally don't like doing it. I personally don't like doing that shit either, bro. Exactly. Oh, so I feel that's the thing. Like, uh, looking at look at us or whatever we're doing well we do great or whatever and we make music for a living and do, make more money i'm pretty sure than a lot of people that work regular ass jobs you know what i'm saying right. every day and we low-key and that's it, a blessing you know? too you got to be thankful for that that you can it do is. like what you love to do without all the like bullshit and the hype and the extras and the politics that comes right. with like you know that yeah. status of like super producer you know yeah and that's that's the thing i would i would think um as a young producer, just kind of figured it out. But I mean, it's kind of hard to do that when you don't have mentors or you're still young. You're not thinking of that aspect of it. We're, we're thinking, we think of it because we've been through it before and we got the experience and we're like, okay, we know we don't like this shit over here. So mm-hmm. this is the move. But I guess, man, as a young producer, find some mentors, man. 
some, find some guys that you look up to or you that's tangible you can reach out to and hit them up, you know what I'm saying, to pick their brain and, and give you some game and knowledge on, you know, how to move and give you different options in this game. Because if I didn't reach out to my mentor or you talk to Mario, I wouldn't have never knew nothing about no sample packs or sound design stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think that part's very important. And like, um, do do young kids or just other sound designers that reach out to you for like advice? Do you get a chance to talk to all of them, or, or how? Oh how's yeah, that yeah, process yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, the thing is, I respond back to everybody. Like, unless yeah. it's some just weird shit, I'm not right. responding back to. It. But for the most part, dudes be asking about gear all day and keyboards and shit and stuff. I respond back, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the up. same way too. Yep. Yeah, nah, I I give out because it's you know, I mean, it's nothing like super special. It's just like yo, you don't know, you don't know. So if a person knows and they can tell you, they can tell mm-hmm. you. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I think also too, like it doesn't really matter too much about telling them about what gear you're using. Right. That, that like that doesn't take away from what you're gonna do with it. It's not like telling right. them, oh, I use this pedal or this Mellotron keyboard and I'm only going to get placements if I only know about it. You know? Right. So, nah, this is a skill, man. You know what I'm saying? Really mm-hmm. what you, your taste level, your skill, what you're into, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, that's, that's what it is. People like start understanding that. I mean, we all into gear. So we, we all want to cop the new shit or like, Oh, that shit crazy. I need to get that. You know what I'm saying? That's just natural. Yeah. But I tell dudes all the time, like, bro, you, as you know, Mario, I had keyboards before, but I didn't have all this shit. <laughs> right, I seen it. I told you the other day. I'm like, right. oh, yeah, I, I know what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have all this stuff. I was No, no, not because of that. You know, I know what you're saying. But nah, I, I got it because I just started really like twisting knobs and really, you know what I'm saying, being more tactile with stuff versus doing it. Because I can do the same thing on the computer easy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting up and and turning on the keyboard, turning some knobs and stuff, it just it's a little bit more motivational and it sparks a little bit more creativity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Me now, you know. I agree. And regardless sure. of what people want to say, the difference between like digital and analog, and I kind of want to get in that conversation for a second. Oh, it's definitely is, a difference. There's a difference. Like yeah. yes, the tone or like a, an actual like road sound. Yes, it sounds similar in Keyscape versus a real Rhodes. But yes. when you run it through a preamp and a compressor and you do all this shit and add texture and color and run it through actual electronics, it no longer sounds the same as that Keyscape one. There's no. like tone and air and you know stuff to it, it that just gives it more life. It's de- it's definitely a, it's definitely a hundred percent a difference, bro. Like <laughs> like running it through tape, you know what I'm saying? API pre's and all that shit like that. Like it's definitely a difference, like mm-hmm. for sure. You know what I'm saying? But here's the, the the asterisk mark on it. OG Park is not gonna give a fuck if we do all that shit. Like he, no, yeah, not, none of them are. Yeah, if it sounds <laughs> right and they like it, that's right. it. That's it. Like they just gonna rock with it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think, think that I new. Think... Go, ahead, go ahead. I said the new Jack uh, Sparrow song is a damn Zelda sample. If I'm not mistaken, it sounds like some shit from Zelda or something. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. nobody's up here and played that shit. Right. That's from something else. 
or whatever but yeah, nah. yeah i was gonna i was gonna say i think it's also like the taste level level of the producer that you send right. stuff to you know like certain guys are working with certain artists that are gonna be able to pick out the difference you know like sure. if you send something to kendrick and and his team of people you're probably gonna want to have a different aesthetic of something that you would send yeah. that would land on like a uzi sample or a uzi track or something you know right that's that's a hundred percent fast. Like you like you said, it's just a taste level thing, man. Like when I think of guys that have like great taste levels when it comes to the samples and stuff, I think of you. I think of uh Frank, of course. You know what I'm saying? Uh Jake One, Khalil, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Guys, the taste level is is different. So you appreciate, you know Coop what I'm saying? The the Coop, yeah, Coop as well. Shout yeah, he's he's a texture god. For you real. Know like he like appreciates the texture and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like J- Jake crazy. be on a different different level of texture, bro. It's some stuff I can't give out that he like hipped me to. Yeah. But just seeing how he works, bro, like I understand why he's still so relevant is because he just does stuff outside of the box and not what right. you would think of, you know? And and he's still paying attention to that of everything. Like it's still his sound, but right. it's crazy how he can take a fucking like hip hop textured thing and have it on a a young nudie song. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Jake. Yeah. I was uh DM him earlier. We were talking earlier, like probably like thirty minutes ago. Um, but nah, for sure. It's like like you said, it's the it's the taste level, man. And the analog it's a it's a it's a rabbit hole. Once you get into it and you start really like hearing the difference and you go, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a never end. You just be buying pieces, just getting pieces, getting pieces, because you know the magic that you hear from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I try to I try to tell like kids too that are like starting out or that are are in in my course and stuff. Like, yes, the analog stuff matters, but don't think like you have to spend all your money on that and that's what's gonna make you pop. Like, there's a right. lot of other things that come into play. Like you, you like taste level. We've been talking about that. You gotta know how to put stuff together in right. a good way. Otherwise, the gear don't mean shit. It just enhances your taste level. Right. That that that's a fact, man. Like for real. And most of the time, man, this gear shit, you know what I'm saying? Half of it is a tax write off. Just just keep it just keep it above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, because you know, you gotta spend that or the government gonna come get that for sure. You know right. what I'm saying? So but uh like again, most of it is just taste level, man. Like you know, it's like doing like some kind of drug or something. Like you never did it before. You don't know that it's like amazing. You know what I'm saying? You know mm-hmm. it's, it's bad. But when right. you do it, like some cocaine or some shit, you're like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. It's the same thing. Like once you run that rose through the, the, the API and the LA two way or some shit, or you know what I'm saying? Uh, through a spring reverb or something, and it, it makes some shit that like make the, the skin on your hair pop up. You be like, yo. Mm-hmm. You know? You this know ain't. Mario? Oh come on! I, 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 that's how I started. I just kept going further and further and further, and and now right. like I just gotten a point where I'm like so lost in the craft and the processing and the the tones and all that that like my journey shifted completely. It used to just be about like crank out as many samples as possible, get them sent out to all these producers, placements, right. placements, placements, and you know of course I still want placements and shit, but like my journey shifted drastically to be more like making the type of stuff that inspired the records I used to listen to and get like right. closer to that musicality and those tones and like, 
you know. That's a skill in itself, and you have to have patience to do it because it, it requires more time, and it requires just more like detail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like you almost like producing records like they did then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Versus just yeah. sitting down on the MIDI keyboard and just hammering out some stuff real quick. You know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of detail, I've noticed like. You and Mario, you guys got the cleanest studio space. <laughs> like how uh, how intentional are you guys and your guys' layout and like and how that helps you with your creative process? You want me to go first, Mario? Yeah, I was about to say you go first. I, I know because we talk about aesthetics all the yeah. time. But just for the uh, listeners, I, I want them to hear. Me personally, my shit is like rat, like it's in my fucking dining room. So that's the first thing. My wife, she was she was like, bro, if you put this shit in here, it has to look nice off the rip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that was the first thing. And the second thing is I just like I was always I took like interior design class like when I was in college, you know what I'm saying, for like a year. So I'm always into just design and just how aesthetic stuff looks and you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And I like clean lines and stuff like that. So that's why my studio look like it is. Or like a fucking out of a West M magazine or something. Mm-hmm. But but those are really the two main things, you know what I'm saying? Just I like clean spaces. It it keeps me inspired. Like if it's just like a like a lot you know how I'm about wires, Mario. We talk about this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of clutter and stuff like that. I couldn't have the du- the dirty dungeon beat lab. I couldn't have it. Like that couldn't that wouldn't be my thing. So, you know. Yeah, I think I'm I'm the same way with aesthetics too, man. Like it's it's a certain vibe I'm looking for. I like stuff clean and spaced out away from each other. Like I always been like that even when I was younger. Like if there's too much clutter in my room, whether it's clothes or whatever on the floor, I feel like my life is out of control. Right. <laughs> it, right. Straight up. And so I'm I'm like that in the studio too. I clean every Friday or like Monday or whatever, like wipe the dust off, make sure everything is like fresh. I'm gonna keep it real. The cords used to be a thing for me, but like I have so many damn cables and cords now that like until I actually run them through the walls and what my next project is going to be, I just learned to deal with it. Cause even, even at like some of the old studios that I go to that are more like a, a way ramped up version of what I got, like more seventies style stuff, they got cables everywhere, like behind the console, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of how, that's kind of how my setup is right now. Like I got a lot of cables under the desk. It's not, all over against the walls or in the middle of the floor nothing like that but some stuff i just learned to be like it is what it is yeah i've seen a picture of frank duke's uh studio and his spot or whatever he had cables everywhere yeah <laughs> all the sim cables just going everywhere i'm like ah, i'll go crazy i would go yeah. crazy too bro yeah like fuck i'm like all this shit over or whatever but, but nah just I, I guess for me just having a clean space because if i if it's not clean then i just pace around like, you know, so I won't get shit done, man. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so I seen recently, like in this week or the last couple of days, you had got some new stuff. Uh, the roller rack thing was that? Oh yeah. Yeah. What happened was this, I was going to, um, fucking, um, I was gonna build a studio share. Right. So I think mm-hmm. I told you about the studio share yep. joint. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. build that. And, um, I had some bullshit in my backyard, so that wasn't happening. And then I was like, man, I had these plans to just rack up all my gear and get this nice-ass desk and all this shit. Like, dope-ass, this company called Danger Fox got some 
dope ass desk or whatever. But you can rack up all your shit. I was gonna get one of those desks and everything. And I was like, I was gonna build the shit like November, the first week of November. So I probably had it done in like December. Um, but that shit fucked up. So I was like, man, I can't just sit here and just like be sad about the shit. I gotta start putting this gear, some of this gear that I already had together and start, you know what I'm saying, cranking out some some more stuff or whatever. So that's what made me just go get the rack, man, from Sam Ash. It's overpriced like a motherfucker. I'm probably gonna eventually just buy the the um the output rack thing or whatever, whenever I finally get a studio space. Um but yeah, I just Decided just to throw this, throw this joint together and patch everything up, man. You know what I'm saying? Got a little weak ass vocal chain or whatever, you know, <laughs> and just gonna rock with it. Cause I, I like the output desk, but mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't have a, some of these, you know, these, uh, compressors and stuff kind of take up a, a little bit more space than I would like. So that's why I really got it for real, for real, just for the vocal chain. But then I decided to patch bay up. My, um, I, was, I was just about to ask you that about the uh the pedals oh yeah i got it patched made up like uh pretty much you know i, I would run a that from my sense a that to the mm-hmm. apollo right so they yeah. ain't cook, like directly hooked to the apollo i got it running the um audio fuse arterial audio fuse joint which is really good a good preamp for sense uh, it's, it's pretty dope but i got that running a that to my apollo but i have the um what is this shit is the S patch hooked up to that too. So pretty much I can patch my my simps out to my pedal board or whatever. But I want to step further and bought the um patchier thing or whatever by board brain mm-hmm. where I can like run different chains to any of the simps whenever I want to. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it's like I got two patch bays going at the same time, and just mm-hmm. one really just for the the pedal chains. So I can change the order of the pedals or whatever, and just the other regular patch bay is just to patch whatever synth I want to that pedal chain. It sounds what's confusing. Hmm? What's your guys' go to pieces? Damn. Like if you if you had to take let's say, like three things. Um, uh, on a desert island, not obviously not counting like screen, computer interface okay. and shit, but okay. but like yeah, like three pieces of gear that are your most used or what, what would it be? I'll let Mario go first on this one. Man, okay, uh, so <laughs> man, for for preamp, I would keep my V seventy two. Um, that is the most magical piece of gear I have in here, and I understand the hype now after like reading a lot a lot of hours on gear sluts about like what it does how it sounds all that it's a tube preamp from the 60s and it's what like uh the beatles were recording their stuff through and pink floyd and a lot of history behind them german preamp um so i would keep that the v72 i would keep the ribbon mic that that i'm on uh right now the rca bx44 that uh that big ass one mm-hmm. and then keyboard wise Man, I, I to be honest, I'd probably keep the Mellotron just because it got like a wide variety of everything I like: strings, horns, vibraphones, choirs, yeah. everything. It'd be those three. Man, I'm probably just all string because I don't really use, I don't really do vocals that much. 
And I had really, really got into recording guitars through amp or whatever, because I have got it. Of course, you know, Mario, I don't have an amp yet. I had one, a box one, but it was whatever. But I'm probably going to go with the Mellotron, mm. like you said, because it's, it's hard. Yep. I'll probably go with I'll go with this prologue until I get this this Prophet Five. Um, prologue is actually hard. People sleep sleep on this shit, but it's actually hard as fuck. Um, would 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 you go with that over a Rev Two? Mmm. I actually the had homie, the Rev Two for like a week. Yeah, that shit is hard. <laughs> the hard. Ho- my 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 homie uh, Leon, he he got the uh, the Rev Two, and then he bought some like sounds from somebody that does like like custom patches and shit uh-huh. and I, I can't even lie i was like hating on it i'm like eh, i don't know i don't know and then i started messing around with it and that shit is fire that's like i'm playing yeah. my, my, my next synth bro i like that that joint crazy I, you know what's crazy i have bought one from guitar center and we used it like a week and whatever and i was like man i got too many poly simps so i took the shit back or whatever Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, man, do I really need the Prophet 5, bro? I could probably just go get the Rev 2 and be straight, but I don't know, man, because I got so many fucking poly synths. So I got the Prologue, I got the Hydrosynth, which I would take the Hydrosynth. If I had to take one thing, I would just take the Hydrosynth, because that shit do everything, or whatever. Low-key. For real. Yeah. Um, And then I got the fucking uh, Matriarch. Matriarch. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, man. I take the Mellotron. I probably take uh, Timeline, Strawman Timeline. You know what I'm saying? And Shallow Water. That Shallow Waters is fire. Yeah, I take that. And probably take the Prologue, man. The Prologue is low key hard. Like people just don't. People start fucking with it because it had some issues when it first came out with the um, mm-hmm. the tuning because it was some firmware stuff. So people just ditched them. They was like, "Fuck this shit. We're not using it." Rah. Like it went, out of, it went out of pitch or something? Bro, it was... I guess the pitch wasn't working. Like It was just something like that. Where people would like send them back and they wasn't fucking with them. So it's yeah. to the point where the prologue when it first came out was like, what, three bands, I think? Like 2700 or something like that? I got mine for like $900. Damn. And I got the 16 voice. Damn. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's very slept on sound. Cause it has it's analog, but it has shit like where you can go download like effects for it and shit. Like like people make effects for it and stuff, and you can put those shit on there and just do crazy shit with it. You know what I'm saying? It's probably one of the that and Hydra Simple are definitely the the two most slept on pieces of gear that dudes don't even know what kind of crazy shit they do for real, for real. Like you know, and of course the Melotron. It's just, mm-hmm. the, it's just the Mellotron shit. <laughs> you know. What about one one record that you guys would take for inspiration? Ooh. I was just talking with the female about three records the other night, actually, like that I would keep. I, one, I don't know if I could just do one, bro. I could do two, but one, that's a tough one. You want to go first? What What would your, um, your record be? Damn. One record... Damn, it was this this prog, this prog rock band I used to listen to, um, Big Giant or something. I forgot the name of it. Fuck, what's the name of them dudes? Damn it, I can't think of the name. 
But it had this crazy ass record that had so much crazy shit on there. I just can't think of the name of it. Um, Man, I I think for me, if it's one record for inspiration, I'm I'm probably taking Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life. Oh yeah, that, that album's crazy to me, like all all around. What about uh Dunny Hathaway? Um, he got one out the one album with uh. I can't think of the name of the album. You know how long it's been since so I went and actually bought records, though? It's been a while, yeah. bro. I, I, I stopped for a minute, and then the last, I would say, year, I got back into it. Not heavy, heavy, but I'm buying at least a couple a month off Discogs. <laughs> uh, the one record I take is the one that uh, uh, Jake One sampled. <laughs> the Drake song off of that shit. Oh, the, oh the, uh, the, the Temple Corinthians Choir? <laughs> that shit's so fire, bro. Fire. That whole album fire. is fire. Yeah, I, that that's a tough one, bro. Because like, even though like this album I'm about to mention isn't like a crazy sampled one, it's probably like I don't know one of my favorite gospel uh, 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 albums ever. The Pastor T. L. Barrett, um, yeah. A Ship Without a Sail. Yeah. The the white cover one. That whole album is like just front to back. I can listen to it every single song. Like when I go snowboarding, a lot of times I'll just put that on repeat and just listen to yeah. that. A lot, a lot of the, the gospel albums from like the 60s, 70s, all the other way to the 90s when they were just recording at church and shit. That shit sounds fire, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, man, I don't know. If I it's had to hard. Take... It's, it's so hard to just say one thing because it's like, yeah. dang, I would want to take the Chronic 2001 album too. Right. Like, I take that... an EPMD album. Like, right, you know? right. It's, it's so many, bro. It's, it's hard. What new albums you guys listen to now? Man, um, yeah, I was about to say who have I been listening. I've been listening to Benny the Butcher album. Um, I listen to Larry not, June a lot. <laughs> not 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 on like repeat because I I I like to just keep it fresh. Listen to a bunch of stuff, but I was listening to that recently. What's another one? I still need to. It was, this will segue perfect into the new thing. I need to listen to Ty's new album that just dropped, yeah. right? Yeah, the Ty uh, album is straight. It's a lot of damn songs on there, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like twenty five songs on there. Talk yeah. talk about um since that that's a, a a recent placement. How did the whole Ty Dollar Sign thing come about? Man, uh, Bugs, um, the Beast, shot Bugs the Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been sending send them shit for a while, whatever. And it really just happened with him. He he I think he started the track, I sent him a sample, and he did the tracking. Um and that's really how it happened for real, because he was you know, he works with Kanye. So yep. Kanye's been working with Ty for like the last what two or three years, heavy. Mm-hmm. You know so I guess just them in the lab vibing and stuff and and soon that's how it happened since I wasn't there, but you know, I shout out Bugs really. Bugs was, was it uh was it a older like 2018, 19? Yeah. yeah, that sound was like from my second pack, bro. Crazy, that's wild. You want to know what's crazier? All the shit is from my second pack, which is wild. Like the the Ultra Black and the Lithuania, and all of them, bro. Dang, that old pack went crazy. Yeah, like, that's wild. It is like super wild. You know what I'm saying? Some of the other stuff was from later packs, like the Davey song. The Ray song, um, but yeah, like the the Nas stuff, the Lecrae song, 
those are the did same you, did you play that that other i think i asked you this and i can't remember on the the ultra black you know that synth that comes in that little like higher no 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 i think that was nah. hit boy that was hit boy yeah, yeah i like that part yeah. i'm like on the, the keys the keys okay. and the organ is yep. but the other everything else is hit boy you know what i'm saying yeah, I like the simplicity of that record too. Yeah. It's not like crazy amount going on. There's That's no a very singable song too. Yeah, <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy how how some stuff happened, man. It's just like you know, and what the what they use from it be simple stuff too. It be man, the main I, melody yeah. though. It drives the song yeah. for sure. But you know, um, how did how did you and Hit Boy's relationship start with getting him samples? And you guys been on like a mini little run man to be honest with you i have no idea how how these dudes got myself man. I big, don't know big, how big got... records big records yeah. but yeah yeah i don't even know bro but i just know he tapped in with me like yo you know what i'm saying these joints are crazy you know what i'm saying we got some slammers on the way yeah you know i'm saying let's keep working or whatever and stuff and he just been tapping in with me hit me up you know chopping it up and stuff, but man, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that somebody, I get the vibe that most guys just go in the lab with a, a pack of samples or this folder or stuff, and like you playing stuff, and they be like, mm-hmm. "Yo, who is that?" Because I heard about the songs a while ago from my boy Pat from Pelham and Junior or whatever, because they went out there uh, to L.A. to work with Hit Boy like last year sometime, and he was like, "Yo, Hit Boy played me like two of your songs." Uh, with two songs with your samples on and one of them had Nipsey on. I was like, word. And that's when Hitboy, I guess he gave Hitboy my number and Hitboy hit me up. It's like, yo, we got some slammers on the way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But uh, I didn't even know, but they was out there working with him and he, you know what I'm saying, told him who I was and stuff. Because he just played in the beat. He was like, yo, this one of y'all samples? He's like, nah, this is my dude Anthem rap sample or whatever. And that's when he called me like, yo, you know what I'm saying? But that was like last year. That's how I mean, it was crazy how how long these songs be taking to come out, bro. Like, that was literally like almost a year and a half ago. Dang. Yeah. Who's, who's you guys' favorite producers to uh, send samples to? <laughs> if you guys don't mind me asking. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> Numero I know it's going to get placed. I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. It's kind of. I'm a producer too, so it's like you know what I'm saying. And people don't know I make beats probably better than I make samples, low key. Mm. So in records, so it's kind of. Do you see some of your your beats now? Uh, like it's easier to try to get them placed, or like more doors are open that you kind of been established with the mm. the new shit samples. I don't even think these dudes know I make beats on a high level like that for real. For, they just think I'm a sample maker. But mm. on the flip side. I still produce for my account, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I yeah. like, like I said, I got two artists signed to the major label. So those automatic, I don't have to send those dudes, these dudes beats like that. You know, so I can just produce and work on records for the artists that I'm directly tangible next to. And you know what I'm saying? It's going to be still placements and credits and stuff for me. You know what I'm saying? Money versus mm-hmm. me sending other producer beats too. I uh, like, I, I kind of made a decision in my head. Like, I'm not sending these dudes beats because I'm be like, damn, this he kind of harder than me, you know what I'm saying? The beat. <laughs> you feel me? So I'm like, you know, I kind of like, sometimes you just got to let people do what they do, you know what I'm saying? That they're killing it in right now and then they'll find out later that you can 
do what they do as well, if not mm-hmm. better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever. But nah, I kind of um, me personally, as when I make beats, I don't even I like using other people's stuff. Keep the stack like mm-hmm. Mario stuff, Pelman Junior stuff, Soul Surface stuff, whoever. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm still a producer too, so I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like, and I get a pack and I hear it, hear it. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just easier to get to, to go with it where I want to go with it because I can play instruments and stuff too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, my favorite producer to send samples to is Tay. He he don't miss. Like for me, I think yeah. he like my type of samples and his style of drums just work really well. And he's like very detailed with like selecting drums that match the tone of the sample. And like another thing that I really like is like the majority of these guys, they don't do anything to the sample and it works sometimes, you know, they just add drums, but he'll go in and like turn it into his own and flip it and add shit. And it won't even, I won't even know it's my sample no more. It'll just sound crazy. Question, bro. You made the K9 sample? Uh, that's the one with B, nah, that's the one with BJ, the Chicago kid. Yeah. Nah, that's Eli, bro. Eli did that. Oh, for real? Yep. That joint That fire. That whole song. That. Nah, all, all the other shit, everything else on there, but that one. Nah, nah. That joint, that album is low-key slept on hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? Man. I thought you made that. I didn't know Eli made that. I might hit Eli up like, yo. Yeah. Super, that's crazy, a super bro. fire. Yeah. Super fire sample. Yeah, um, that, that, that joint. Yeah, that album. Like some Nas shit. Yeah. Yeah, that that album was put together really well, in my yeah, opinion. Like, it's very dope. You know mm-hmm. Dude, dude got bars, man. He be spitting like you know what I'm saying. He remind me of Nas a little bit, low key. Yeah, Az and Nas kind of put together. You know what I'm saying. Shout out to Nick Grant. Shout out Nick Grant, man, for sure. Yeah, Nah, and and like I think he's got some Jay influence in him too. I yeah, like I like the confidence. I like the confidence in his bars. Like he obviously is like super witty too. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, nah, then, then, then I got to do a part two of that joint because that mm-hmm. joint is just slapping, bro. It's always yeah. in the whip, in the rotation. Yeah, that's dope. Um, what else was I gonna ask you? Um, what was what was the first big placement you say you got? Because I know you were putting out sample packs for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And then what what was it like that started to pick up with getting placements? Because I, I feel like a lot of us in that that sample pack world we were all like doing samples for two years ish or so give or take and then like the placement started happening and the first big play from a sample or from just producing uh from a sample like which which one of your samples would you say like the first big placement i can remember from a sample damn I can't even think. I guess the stuff that's out now, really. That yeah. I think of, because I mean, I use I use some I was of my trying samples. To think if I if I missed anything, because I know you had the Bobby Session stuff, you yeah, had the, yeah. Day, the Davey stuff, and yeah. I know there was like something else floating in between that that I'm missing. But obviously, these like last four or three four huge. Yeah, definitely. It hit me the other day, and I was like, bro, I got a song with Nas. Nipsey Hussle, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Kanye <laughs> West, Kanye West, Ty Dolla Pack, like yeah, I was like, huge. yo, that's crazy. Um, 
Obviously, the biggest placement I got so far wasn't even from me making the sample. It was just a song, the Bobby Session, uh, Hate You Give, join mm-hmm. we did for the movie, The Hate You Give. I remember that. For me, that was definitely the biggest because it was the biggest check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number one, you know what I'm saying? And that was probably like the, the snowball effect for me working with him with for everything. You know what I'm saying? It was like, okay. Like, damn, I can do this for a living. Like, that wasn't like too long ago. That was only, yeah, I've been doing music that was for like, years. That was like two years ago, I right. feel like. Yeah. So I ain't really started making a living from music until like two years ago, bro. That's, you yeah, that's, of- I tell everybody that too. Like, everybody in my class, like, they, they think that, like, I just out of nowhere have been like popping or something. And it's yeah. like, dog, there is so many, there was like six, eight years of making beats that like nothing happened or like very, very little. And then on top of that, there was like the years of making samples that led to these last two years. And to right. be real, this year was like the the best financial, you know, but a living, yeah, the last like two years. Yeah, same thing here. Like this this year, definitely the best financially and, and placement wise, but I've been doing music forever. Like like sometimes my, my brother had to tell a couple of my homeboys that like, yo, man, you probably, you really proud of your brother. He's like, bro, you've been doing this shit like, forever like he we would literally he would literally be downstairs in the basement just tapping on the ta, 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 all night like you know what i'm saying yeah and, and you know freshman in the college and you know in high school and stuff so they don't know you be just doing it for years or whatever you know and then once it happens it just happens man it's the energy you know what i'm saying yeah it's a good feeling bro like i, I want to ask you that like how how you feel like were you i'm sure you were like discouraged at some point like yo is this shit ever gonna be anything or like is it gonna go anywhere like what's the feeling now knowing that you Um, went through everything you went through and your trials and everything to be like damn it finally fucking worked out and i'm over here with all these big ass records and all the names you just listed it really hasn't hit me for real for real like that because when i was doing it i was doing it because like i look like it made me happy i just like doing the shit i you know feel what that 100 percent. yeah you know what i'm saying it's like i i just enjoy doing it i outside of hooping i couldn't think of anything else i wanted to do with my life you know what i'm saying yeah or whatever you know that's why i was never happy like working at jobs and shit like that because i know i knew that it wasn't my purpose for my life like i knew what what god you know what I'm saying, had for me and my purpose yeah. was as an early age. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, like I knew I wanted to do music. You know what I'm saying? That's when, dope. You, know? you had the vision super early on. Yeah. My mom did too because she always gave me and my brother music instruments. I got a twin brother and shit. So she always um, bought us like instruments and, you know, drums and keyboards and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It didn't get to like when I got to like an early age when I was like, trying to make a decision should i go to college play basketball or should i go to full sale for music or whatever mm-hmm. she wouldn't let me go to school for music she was tripping you know what i'm saying because she didn't yeah. really understand like she couldn't fathom me doing music for a living like that because most people don't think that's realistic you know right. what i'm saying yeah until you see somebody you know doing it like, oh shit you could really do it or whatever and later mm-hmm. on like i said like two years ago a year ago she was like man I regret not letting you go to school for music because that's what you ended up doing anyway. You could have been yeah. probably farther along. You know what I'm saying? Who but, knows though? It, that, that, I think those experiences like shaped who you are and your approach right. and, and your determination and like, you know, everything that led you to where you are now. So facts. But yeah. uh, I 
think I don't I like I'm excited about it, but at the same time I was like, man, you just gotta keep I just put my head down and work for real, for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't really hit me that like, damn, these are huge songs on like some of the top albums of the year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that. Cause you know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be here because I work hard to get, get here. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, right. it's whatever for me, you know? Yeah. I'd be feeling like that too. Like similar feelings, like when stuff does happen and just knowing that like I turned it into a living finally, I yeah. get excited about it. But at the same time, like what you just said, I'm like, dog, I put the work in. I know that a lot of times there's been so many nights I didn't like cried, felt bad, like right. gave up, started again, like, right. you know, stressed all that to just be like, I'm here now. I, you know, I, yeah, I feel man. you hundred percent. Nah, that's the one thing like, gotta have heart you know what i'm saying and like a yeah. lot of the people for this music shit you definitely have to have heart because this thick shit, skin yeah thick skin this shit too. you be ready to slap people all the time bro like you be <laughs> like yo y'all playing you know what right. i'm saying or whatever but you know because they don't understand what you've been through to get where you at and sometimes you kind of a lot of the times now i kind of look at the shoes that they might be in or whatever. And then some of the decisions that they may have made, you know what I'm saying? To get them where mm-hmm. they at probably have kind of fucked them over themselves. So sometimes yeah. I don't be, I had to get to a point where I don't even take shit personal. Cause I don't really know, you know, you know, what type what they're going through as far as, you know, their career and, you know, where they at and shit, what they had to get to, to get, get to where they are and stuff. So a lot of yeah. times now I don't be taking shit personal for real. You got you got more empathy than than me, bro. I still be like, man, fuck them, dog. Why no, no, no. I be like, fuck got, them yeah. <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> it's still it's still be like, all right, cool, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. One thing I learned about this biz, my manager told me this shit a long time ago. <laughs> you are gonna get fucked some kind of way. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's gonna happen. I tell people that all the time, like, bro, you you know what I'm saying? Hundred percent of zero is what zero shit right so that's how i look at shit a lot of times i'd be like man you know what i'm saying and once i got that mentality about shit a lot of stuff i don't take personal man you know what i'm saying because yeah that's matt matt told me the same shit too like when we first started working together and it like it took me some time to get into it but he always what like was telling me don't take this shit personal like you have to learn how to separate this industry business music shit with like everything else you know yeah Cause when you like, find out that the shit is not in your favor, mm-hmm. people don't want to like, they don't want you like to be quote unquote. I mean, they do want you to be successful, but it's like, it ain't going to be fair. They don't want the shit to be fair. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. Then you won't take it personal. You know what I'm saying? You just do what you need to do and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Try to keep your relationships intact and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the people that do take care of you and treat you right. Those are the people that, you know what I'm saying, you can ride with forever, you know what I'm saying, continue to grow with and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Um, yeah, man. Well shit. We want to thank you for coming to the podcast, bro, and chopping it up with us. Um, just wanted to, you know, let let everybody know what the whole road for you getting here, you know, uh what it took, um, and just kind of your process with the equipment and uh recent placements and stuff. Um, appreciate yeah. it man thanks for having me on man anytime I can get back to the community you know what I'm saying and and talk to people like you you know what I'm saying which I would probably wouldn't be here if you've been like yo man you 
dope. You need to make samples. Let me leak you with my people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I yeah. appreciate you for that because I, I shout you out like, every time I do a podcast, every time I do. Appreciate you, know you man. Appreciate you. Gotta get praise due to the homies, man. Mm-hmm. If there's, before you guys go, if there's one jewel that you can give to these up and comers, what's that going to be for them? Keep them going. You want me to go first, Brian? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you take it. Go ahead. Um, a jewel. I'll give them business advice. If anything, start your own shit. Stop trying to send shit to people all the time. Start your mm-hmm. own wave. Get your own train moving, and then you get people on it. You know what I'm saying? You get people hitting you up like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Let it work. Send me some shit or whatever. Versus hitting them up saying, let me see some shit. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in the future. When down the line, if you do get shit, you're going to appreciate it more and you you have more value. You have more leverage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's, I'm, I'm with that too. That's like, I've been telling everybody that takes my class that I say the same shit. Like, yo, just build your own thing. Pay right. attention to quality. Stay consistent. That that right. That is the cheat code, you know? Yeah, like, rely, rely on you. Right. Because the thing is, you can always, me or Mario can always see your shit and be like, oh, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? We'll throw you that oop or we'll, you know what I'm saying? Come on over here, let's get some money. That shit gonna sell, you feel me? Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's just the, you know, taking the initiative to, to build the shit, man, because it's value in you owning your own thing. But it's mm-hmm. also value in working with other people that can help you get further as well. But just having something to offer is the main thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, of, of value. Yeah, man. Well, shit. Thank you again, bro. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you guys having me on here, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody. You know, stay COVID free. Wear your mask. <laughs> you know, stay sucker free. Yeah, wash right. your hands. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. both of you guys for sharing jewels to the community and then helping in the year out this 2020 is almost over almost shit we got an election coming up we got some changes happening Uh, you guys keep on putting those genuine vibes out there believe in something higher than yourself let's keep pushing into that 2021 sure man appreciate it all right bro all right peace peace all right y'all peace